You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, it's a Thursday edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast. And Network Matt Derry with you on this Thursday, December 10th, and a Friday, December 11th, a crossover Thursday. We'll join in with Locked On Packers host Peter Bukowski momentarily, break down Green Bay and Detroit. Also on the show today, i got to apologize to some of our listeners because one of their favorite players, I think, is going to the Pro Bowl and some stats that uh, are not good. But first and foremost, got to tell you about Pepsi, made for football watching. They bring you today's Locked On Lions. This football season will be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. Find us on Twitter every day at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, at Lockdown Lions. Also on Twitter and the Matt Derry Facebook fan page where we post this podcast each and every day. Detroit, 5-7. and seven. Lions still, still in the mix for that last playoff spot. Uh, although it's going to be very difficult with the Packers, Titans, Vikings, Bucks all coming up. Green Bay 9-3 and and can clinch the division this weekend if they beat the Lions and the Vikings lose at uh, Tampa Bay uh, coming up this weekend. And yes, I did say on Tuesday that I think the Lions have a chance to win, and I said, heck, they're going to win this game. I've been backpedaling on it for two days. Well, well I, I don't know what to say. I got one buddy, all right, that just keeps texting me. He just keeps hounding me, and he listens to the show. And he's like, are you out of your mind? The Lions are last in DVOA on defense, which that's like geeky stat stuff. But I looked at these numbers today, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. The Green Bay Packers are number one in the league, and the number one in the NFC. These are NFC rankings. Green Bay is number one in the NFC in yards per game, 396.6. They're number one in the NFC in passing yards per game, 272.4. They're number four in the league, NFC, in rushing yards per game, 124.2. And they are number one in the entire NFL in points per game with 31.6. And we've seen the Lions' defense. And today, Jeffrey Okuda, according to Daryl Bevel's, got a hamstring and a shoulder problem. So (laughs) if the Bears... And Mitchell, Mitch Palooza, Mitchell Palooza Trubisky can put up a 30 spot on your Leos. And the last ranked rushing team in the league, the Bears, had 100 yards at the halftime last week. Imagine what the Packers could do. I just see the Lions being able to score some points and maybe finding a way to win. Uh, but they're going to, the Lions, the first one to 40 might win this game. I don't know. I just, it, you know, it's the whole situation. We've been here so many times. Interim coach, no way he gets the job. Lions need a national search, blah, blah, blah. And then here comes Daryl Bevel, and he wins his first game, even though they shouldn't have won the game. And ever, the players all love him. The players are playing for him, and the fans are going, yeah, that's great, but he shouldn't be the guy. And then they go on some weird run. 
That I, that's what I mean by all this. The Lions are eight-point underdogs for a reason. Green Bay is a superior team, but you got to play the game, right? I'm not saying Matt Prater's going to hit Levine Toy Lolo on a fake field goal like they did a couple of years ago. Levine Toy Lolo's not even on the team, but you know what I mean. I'm just saying anything is possible. TJ Hawkinson was drafted number eight overall a couple of years ago, and I have been saying on this podcast on Lockdown Lions that I thought it was a stretch, I thought it was a reach. I would have taken other players, Devin Bush and Ed Oliver and other guys ahead of TJ Hawkinson when Bob Quinn plucked him in the top 10 and taking a tight end at that spot a couple of years ago. Last year, TJ had a huge first game and then kind of teetered off. This year, think about this. TJ Hawkinson is number one in the NFC for tight ends for the Pro Bowl voting right now. Could it be that now that he's actually gone, Bob Quinn has actually drafted a Pro Bowl player because TJ Hawkinson is going to be in the Pro Bowl unless something drastic happens. Among all NFC tight ends, the Hawk is number one in receptions with 52, number one in yards with 614, first in yak yards with 288, first in receiving first downs with 33, number one in 10-plus yard receptions with 28, Tied for second in receiving touchdowns with five. And tied for third in 25-plus yard receptions with four. That's pretty good. I've gotten into arguments with people on Twitter at Derry Speaks and dogging me. And you dogged Hawkinson. I never dogged him. I never said he was a bad player. I said for where the Lions were and who they needed on defense, like an Ed Oliver, because they're short at D-tackle, like a Devin Bush who flies around the field, the TJ Hawkinson shouldn't have been the pick. He's having a very good year. Is he an elite tight end? No. He's not elite yet. Travis Kelsey is elite. Gronk is elite. All right? Zach Ertz is teetering on elite. I think TJ Hawkinson has had a really good year, but elite tight ends are guys that get 100-yard games. He still hasn't done that. But is he having a very good year? And are those numbers pretty darn good? They are. They are. And I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl player. And I think either Ragnow or Decker is going to make it too. But again, you got to have wins behind that too. But that's not Hawkinson's fault. That's not Ragnow's fault. That's not even Taylor Decker's fault at all. Coming up next, Peter Bukowski, folks, from Locked On Packers. It's the Thursday crossover next on Locked On Lions. All right, it's the Thursday crossover, everybody. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. Peter Bukowski, Locked On Packers. Always great to catch up with Pete and uh, talk about the running away with it, Green Bay Packers and the NFC North. What's up, brother? I'm, I'm good, Matt. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. I guess we're now pushing toward toward Christmas and other holidays, so... It's uh, a fun time of year, uh, and your, your long national nightmare is over. In- <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. It, it's weird It's weird here because people are happy, certainly. People are a little bit surprised it was both Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, but uh, now the uh, Daryl Bevel era is up and running, and it's actually fun again in Allen Park. And I made the mistake, Pete, of saying yesterday on, or on Tuesday on the show that I have a sneaking suspicion the Lions may win, and now I'm I'm getting blasted for it. 
Yeah, it, it's one of those things where if you said that they're going to lose by 20, they would be mad too. So you can't win for trying. Tell me about Green Bay. I mean, wow, you know, I was always on the Vikings bandwagon as being the team to beat in this division going into this year. But, boy, Aaron Rodgers has turned it up a notch. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams, the whole offense. Um, but what what stood out for you? Why, why is this team having so much success? I think the changes that Matt LaFleur made this offseason have done wonders for this team. And what he really did, I think, was he he excised things from the playbook that, first of all, Aaron Rodgers didn't like, that didn't fit this team, that didn't fit his players, rather than say, this is the kind of team I want to be. He said, these are the things that our team is good at, and let's emphasize those things. And I think that's something that, that a lot of coaches miss. I think, you know, um, your, your audience saw uh, the, the Bears last week. I think that is Matt Nagy's big problem in Chicago, trying to fit some square pegs into round holes. And what Matt LaFleur did was say, we're, we're going to do the things we're good at, and we're going to find a way to make it work in in a system that is cohesive with all of that stuff. And then... What they also did was uh, really focus on the details. If you look at some of the little stuff, the nuanced stuff, the spacing is better in this offense. The timing is better in this offense. The play fakes, um, the offensive line run fakes, the RPO reads, all of it is just a little crisper. It's a little sharper. It's a little better. And those marginal differences have added up. And, And that's the big difference, Matt, is the offense. The offense just looks so much better than it did last year. They're the best non-Chiefs offense in the league. And it's just all of this marginal stuff adding up to, to things that make Aaron Rodgers' life easier. And we've seen the result. Rodgers is playing you know, back at 2014 levels of efficiency. He's been awesome this year. And Adams and certainly Aaron Jones, too. And we saw it back in week two when the Lions went to Lambeau and everybody's like, oh, there won't be fans in the stands. Maybe it would be an advantage for Detroit. Yet... You know, the Lions just could not stop Green Bay all day. And, um, you know, that, 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 that has continued. It's been, it's been, they are fun to watch, that's for sure. And, and with Devontae, um, man, he's eventually going to get paid big time. He is, and, and Green Bay is going to have to figure out when that's going to be because this this, uh, this cap drawdown in 2021 is, is going to be a lot of um, – uh, a lot of teams are going to have problems with it. Um, Green Bay is is in a pretty good position with it right now. I mean, the, if you look at the Kenny Clark deal, I think his base salary in 2021 is like two million, even though he's he just made a boatload of money, just because that's how the Packers had to structure it to get everything under the cap. I think Devontae is going to get a top of market deal. Uh, whenever they're able to put that together, probably next year sometime, and and hopefully you know new media rights deals and all that stuff, they're able to to smooth things out with the cap moving forward. He has been, I wouldn't say a revelation because I think he's always been really really good, but they've done such a good job of both taking the things that he's good at from a route running standpoint, the double moves and the way that he can beat man coverage, and then also scheming up these ways to make life easy for him. We saw on on one of the first plays last week against Philadelphia, they run this little play-action boot, um, and and they get a, a little pick for Devontae, and all of a sudden it looks like he's running wide open. And you go, Darius Slay, where are you? Well, they set it up to get him open, 
and and it, it's it's a microcosm really of what they've done throughout this offense because they've done the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. They've said, okay, we're going to make life easy for you on 65, 70% of the plays, and on the other 30%, we need you to just figure it out. And, and that is uh, that's been working. Devontae has been to my eyes the best receiver in the league this year statistically per game all that stuff he's been you know pff grades he's been the best receiver in the league so uh the lions are certainly going to have their hands full trying to to cover him uh, they did not do a, a great job of it uh in september so uh, i don't know if they're going to have to come up with a different plan or or what they're going to be doing here to try and stop Devonte adams but whatever they tried last time did not work <laughs> no no it did not and you know jeffrey okuda's hurt desmond trufant's hurt uh, it's probably going to be the Amanio Ruarie show, and he's had a nice year. But you know, let, let's let's call this what it is. Green Bay is going to score, Peter. Uh, the fact is going to be: can the Lions put up the kind of points like they did last week against the Bears? And that Bears defense is overrated. Um, Green Bay defensively, statistically, looks good, but I know there's been some games that they've struggled, right? There hasn't, and I would say mostly the games where they've struggled, um, it's been because of some assignment issues, some gap issues. You know, you look at the Vikings game; that was the run game. That was the guys were were losing at the point of attack. That hasn't really been the case, despite you know the famous uh, or or infamous in Packer fandom uh, NFC Championship game. You say, oh, they can't stop the run. Well. Although the statistics run game are, are not great in the, the two other losses, the non-Vikings losses, it wasn't because Green Bay couldn't stop the run. Um, the, the Bucks game was because they turned the ball over uncharacteristically and, and Tom Brady made you know two or three great throws. That was really the difference in that game. And then the Colts game. The Packers turned the ball over four times. So that was – and they played a lot of soft zone coverage and said, okay, Colts, if you want to try and, and drive the ball 10, 12, 15 plays, be our guest. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to be the game plan against Matthew Stafford. Last week against the um, the Eagles, they played over 50% man coverage. Uh, that's about twice what they do um, most of the rest of the season. And it worked. They, they got – Matt, this is a crazy statistic. In 41 dropbacks by the Eagles, the Packers generated 28 pressures. They destroyed that Eagles offensive line. Now, I think the Lions offensive line is better, but this Packers pass rush is really coming on. Um, Jair Alexander is a superstar player right now. And these other guys, Rashawn Gary – Darnell Savage, they're starting to come into their own as impact players. I think this defense has a chance here to start to get rolling, but to be sure, a tough test here with Matthew Stafford and what this offense can bring to bear on any defense. Yeah, Stafford had a good week, uh, certainly last week, uh, but not as good as Aaron Rodgers, who was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. All right, when we come back, uh, Peter will ask me some questions. We'll talk a little Lions on the Thursday crossover. All right, Locked On Packers, Locked On Lions, an NFC North crossover extravaganza, Matt, really. Oh. Uh, this is uh, a game that I think is always interesting. The game after the game with the interim head coach, right? You find out, all right, was was the first week when teams inevitably win, <laughs> right? Uh, is it a dead cat bounce or is it for real? What did you see last week against the Bears that says to you that that maybe there is some some new life, some new juice in this team that they can carry through in a game like this against the Packers. 
Well, uh, Peter, I don't think there's any question that the Lions are have a looser locker room. Um, you know, Laura Oakman was on the Fox broadcast last weekend saying, I talked to players, they felt like, wow, it, it feels like at Allen Park at our facility, a door has been opened, fresh air has been breathed into the building, uh, you know, no more physical toll, emotional toll on them from, from works, you know, work weeks of practice under Matt Patricia. Players didn't publicly, at least current players, former players have blasted Patricia for years. But but no current players came out and said we're better off anything like that. They liked Daryl Bevel, uh, you know the, the Wisconsin guy, who you know is 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 a Mormon. He answers every question. He's has been a light certainly at the end of this tunnel for a little while, from just a happiness standpoint from everybody. But the bottom line is this: they still should have lost last week. The Chicago Bears still put a thirty burger up on them. And it took Matt Nagy's ridiculous play calling at the end of the game and Trubisky holding the ball too long and, and Allen Robinson not going out of bounds or getting a first down at the end of the game. And all those things had to come into fruition. Terrible. Uh, I was screaming at my television. <laughs> it was something else. And and so with that being said, yes, nice win. They gave him the game ball. He was so ecstatic. The players had energy. But, you know, the bottom line is is they were down 10 with four minutes to go and out of that football game. So give them credit for fighting back. I said Tuesday again, I have this weird feeling that under Daryl Bevel they're going to rally and win a couple games that nobody thinks they will and maybe put Bevel in the conversation to become the permanent head coach, which would be a mistake. But it would be Lion-esque to do that now that the pressure's off and they're 4-7, and 5-7, seven, and seven, whatever. But um, they still don't have enough material. They still are going to have very big issues covering Adams, stopping Jones. Uh, they can't stop the run. I mean, first half last week, here's the Bears averaging 83 yards a game, over 100 yards in the first half. They made David Montgomery look like, you know, Gail Sayers, uh, Walter Payton. So that's still an issue. And, and to me, if the Lions are going to win, it's going to have to be some sort of 38-35 crazy shootout win. Which at least it would be entertaining, although I don't think that would be much solace for Packer fans. Um, I, I am wondering, with without Matt Patricia in the building, how everyone's posture is. Matt, can you can you offer? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Michael Rothstein at ESPN, who got called out a couple of years ago, is, is is certainly much happier. Look, the guy didn't do a good enough job. Uh, it's it's a surprise here for sure that Bob Quinn went as well. I thought that was going to be about 50-50. I think everybody knew after the Thanksgiving game that Patricia was going to get fired. It was a matter of whether or not his boss was going to go too. And now the focus shifts to a guy that nobody really knows around the league, but we're getting to know here in Detroit, and that is Rod Wood, the Ford family accountant who all of a sudden has become the president. Well, not become. He's been the president of business, but now they've changed his title a little bit to football operations. Now he's all of a sudden in meetings with the interim staff that's taken over for Quinn. And what what is going on there? Are, are they going to really hire a legitimate general manager and somebody in charge of football to take over this thing and then hire the coach? Or is it going to be Robert Sala and then this team of Rod Wood, uh, you know, lightweights under him that run football? These are questions that are legitimate because team owner Sheila Ford Hamp on the day of the firing kind of said, I don't know what direction we're going. And so that scares Lions fans a little bit because this has happened before. 
And it sounds like they're already working with the NFL to get some help on working through all of this, which worked out so well last time. <laughs> um, let's talk about about the receivers, because Kenny Galladay didn't play last week. Um, he he did not practice on Wednesday. Um, they made what seemed like a, a pretty puzzling move uh, to move on from TJ Hall, who was uh, an explosive receiver, if if not, you know, not a superstar <laughs> player by any means, but someone who who you could get down the field and, and give you something. And it was purportedly done in favor of getting guys like Quintez Cephas more opportunities. Where where does this receiving group stand now? And, and is is the assumption uh, as we sit here today recording this, that Galladay will be ready on Sunday? I don't know with him. I don't know what's going on. Uh, this hip injury has been lingering. Remember, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, the Lions with Bob Quinn, um, the talks didn't go anywhere. Yet with Taylor Decker, who was in the same position, Taylor Decker got paid. So I don't know if this is some sort of I'm not going to play unless I'm 100% type of thing with Kenny Galladay, who did on his Instagram many weeks ago say, you're going to you know, pony up and pay me. So now the Quinn's going, I don't know. I think DeAndre Swift is going to come back and play this weekend, which would be a huge boast for a boost for this offense. You mentioned the Marvin Hall thing, which was weird, getting rid of him. Sorry, I called him TJ. My apologies, Marvin. Oh, no worries. Um, You know, look, TJ Hawkinson's been the guy. That's going to be the guy on Sunday that if the Lions have a chance to win, he's going to have to have a big game. He's been a nice target. He's leading the NFC in a lot of tight end categories, which has been good. Um, but so I would say if you say, well, where is this wide receiver core? It starts with Hawkinson as the tight end. He's been their best target. Marvin Jones has been good as of late and had that big touchdown last Sunday. But if you're telling me Jair Alexander is going to shut somebody down, it, it could be Marvin Jones who just doesn't get off the line of scrimmage like he used to. Um, but they're letting under Daryl Bevel now, the new Daryl Bevel, the interim coach Daryl Bevel, they're letting Stafford, I hate this term, but they're letting him cook a little bit. And they're throwing deeper. Right. It's so annoying. But they're 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 letting them throw deep some deep balls now. So yeah, Cephas had a nice game last week, so I think the offense is gonna be okay. And if they get Swift back, that's huge because he's really starting to come on. Yeah, handicap this backfield for me because they've got Carryon Johnson, they've got Adrian Peterson. Swift has been in and out of the lineup. I, I think the the biggest play that that you know maybe a Packer fan remembers Swift making all season was the play that he didn't make uh, on the drop that cost them a game early in the year. So yeah. what's going on with this backfield? Who can we expect to see get the lion's share? No pun intended, though maybe a little pun intended uh, in this backfield. Well, if he's healthy, and again, he's had some concussion issues, then he was clear that he was sick after that. I think he's going to play. So if DeAndre Swift plays, he'll start, and he's going to get looks just about everywhere. Uh, Bevel has a uh, you know bit of a man crush on Adrian Peterson from their days together in Minnesota. He'll get some reps. on Johnson probably on third downs is their best passing uh, pass-blocking running back. But Swift really adds a dimension and they've kind of let him loose over the last few weeks, although he hasn't played in the last couple. But before that, um, he was really starting to come on. So, you know, they still, the Lions still can't run the ball consistently. The right side of the line is an issue right now. Tyrell Crosby injured. Uh, Matt Nelson, undrafted defensive end out of Iowa, who they've turned into an offensive lineman, did a nice job last week against Khalil Mack. But if he has to play full four quarters this week at right tackle with. Ode Abushi at right guard um, with other injuries there. The, the right side of the line is where, if I'm the Packers, I put the Smiths and everybody else and let loose. 
All right, so should we get to uh, predictions on this one? I know you've sort of quasi-made a prediction already. Well, but I, I might change it. I, I've, <laughs> I have gone so back and forth this week on this because I just have this weird vibe that just to tick off the Lions fan base that wants them to tank, wants them to lose, wants a new coach in here that somehow this very likable, great guy in Daryl Bevel is going to keep his job with some upset wins. And the Lions' schedule is difficult coming up. I mean, Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa, Minnesota, who they never beat. So I don't know. I just have this weird vibe about a 41-38 shootout. But again, every time the Lions, right, every time the Lions are like on the cusp of thinking they're back or playing well, you know, Rodgers hits Richard Rodgers, and I was in the building for that, on that Hail Mary and pops the balloon. So... I don't know. What what are your thoughts? We had the uh the anniversary of that uh I think a week or two ago. Yeah. New videos that I had never seen before making the rounds on that. It there's one angle from like the fifty yard line. It looks like the ball is shot out of a cannon when Rogers throws. I mean it looks like the jugs machine was turned all the way up. Unbelievable. Um here's the problem uh for the Lions is the defense is awful. Correct. Uh, it's it's the worst defense in the league by DVOA. Um, it, it's the worst defense in the league by weighted DVOA, which means the most recent stuff. Um, they're 29th against the pass, 28th against the run. If you can't make this Packers offense play uh, one-dimensional, uh, then I just don't know how you're going to stop them. And it would have to be the kind of 41-38 game that you're talking about. But I think for some of the reasons that that we talked about in terms of Kenny Galladay's availability and then those injuries along the offensive line, I mean, we saw – what this what this Packers pass rush was able to do to Carson. I mean, got Carson Wentz benched. Not that Carson Wentz didn't have a, a hand in that um, last week. So I think they found a little bit of an identity defensively. And I, I just I have a hard time seeing how it goes significantly differently from the first time, if for no other reason than I just don't like – J.K. Scott may not punt in this game. That's that's the kind of thing we could be looking at. And, and to me, it's just hard to – uh, pick pick against the Packers in that scenario, especially inside fast track. Uh, it, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a fun game, though. I, I do think the Lions are going to be able to score, and um, you know maybe it will be a, a shootout and, a, and an entertaining game right down to the end. It, it seems like it is that way every time against when it's Packers Lions. The the early season matchup is kind of an aberration for these teams the last few years. That's right. The Lions uh, owned the Packers. I'm just kidding. The Lions- <laughs> I mean, Deshaun Kaiser's not walking through that door. or uh, uh, Not Deshaun Kaiser. Who was the other quarterback for the Packers? No, that's exactly. Well, Brett Huntley, too. Huntley, Deshaun yeah. Kaiser either. The, yeah. the Bears got them in back-to-back years. Yeah, so they yeah. Got- they got pretty lucky with that, Matt. This is this is always uh, a blast to do, and uh, I, I do think we're going to get a good game on Sunday. So we'll uh, we'll have a good one. All right, Pete. Thanks.